Welcome to a special edition of the DKP Word podcast. This podcast is serving as a vehicle today for me to deliver the message that I would have been delivering at the gathering on March the 15th, 2020, but because of concerns in our nation over the coronavirus. Uh, Some of you may listen to this years down the road and not even know what we're talking about, but there have been a lot of things postponed and a lot of things shut down. And so we postponed our gathering until Easter Sunday of 2020. And we are just bringing, or I am bringing, uh, the message that I was going to deliver to our gathering of people in social circle. I'm delivering it by way of podcast today. So we do pray for our nation. We pray for those that uh, are in leadership, those that are directing our country. The The Bible teaches us as Christians that we have a duty and obligation to pray for those that are in leadership. And certainly we are praying for those that are making decisions that are having effect on our nation. And we pray for those that may be struggling with uh, the reality of this virus, which will probably affect a small percentage of our nation as far as physically, but it is touching all of our lives, and we pray uh, for our nation, we pray for its leaders, and we pray for those individuals whose lives are being challenged by this virus. You know, I... uh, was thinking and what I was going to bring to the gathering today, I want to bring to those of you that are listening, is a message from a thought about, it's, it's a message from Proverbs 25 and 2, but it's a thought about learning to be content with the search, and that may seem a little odd, but there's a verse of scripture in Proverbs 25 and 2, and it can be taken a lot of different directions, but it talks about it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. And we deliver this in the context of as we think about our lives and we think about the conditions and circumstances of our lives, we oftentimes are rushed to find understanding of why we're going through what we're going through or why certain things happen. We're wanting uh, an understanding. And I think that many times our obsession with understanding life causes us to settle for lies that leave us troubled when it doesn't measure up to common sense or good thinking or good judgment and especially when it comes to the things of God and and we'll we'll talk more about that as we go along this morning but you know I've always been personally early on in life I was a destination person in other words I wanted to go to sleep till we got where we were going as a child and Many times I grew up, even as an adult, I dreaded the journey, but I was waiting to get to the destination. And the sad thing is, is that 
most of life takes place in the journey itself and not in the destination whether it's uh, the the you know moving from elementary school to middle school or middle school to high school or high school to college or college to a career or being single to being married or being married to being divorced to having no children to having children so many times we're so destination driven that we miss the beauty we miss the life we miss what's going on while we're on the journey to the destination so naturally and in life this uh it presents a problem when we are not satisfied with the fact that we are put in this thing called life and we are trying to live our lives and it is the journey in living our lives that is our lives and so many times we waste our lives wishing for a new chapter wishing for something new to come about but i want i want you to this morning or whenever you are listening at this i'm delivering this for uh, a morning audience the first time, but wherever you're at, I want you to begin to think about how much of life is about the search. It's about the journey. It's about uh, obtaining or educating ourselves or raising our children or building the house. It's, it's about those things. And so we, we need to learn to enjoy that because chances are, and I've seen this in my own life, we, if we're not careful, we're so obsessed with the journey that even when we get to the destination, we're not at peace and we don't know how to settle down and enjoy where we have arrived. We don't enjoy the new house we just moved into because we can't get our minds off of getting the next one or we can't wait to get it paid for or we can't wait to you know compare it to what someone else has and so i want to talk to you this morning about asking god to let you become enamored again with this thing we call life with all of its intricacies with all of its challenges with all of its disappointments I want you to begin to ask God. I know that I am. God, let me be satisfied. Let me be contented in the search, in the journey. You see, when it comes to the things of God and when it comes to the things of life, and really I'm using those two terms synonymous with one another life and God, because God is the giver of life. He's the one that has granted us life. And so many times we, we, we try to figure out life. And, you know, I was in a class a while back auditing a class of a professor friend of mine and in, 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 in education and in, in Christianity. And when it comes to Christianity, so many of the major things in our life they are concerned with and they're wrapped up in God. They're wrapped up in uh, trying to understand God, trying to explain God as a way of coping and dealing with the circumstances that we find our life in. 
Isaiah 58, 8 through 9 makes this statement that my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, we we need to come to respect the mystery of God and the mystery of life, and we need to come to be contented with the fact that we are in this thing called life and not live the majority of our lives or big segments of our life with such uh, dissatisfaction. I, I, I'm really preaching to myself or speaking to myself this morning because I find myself in a transitional period, which we all find ourselves in many times, but I find myself in a transitional period where I'm living with a relative and I am waiting on something to sell that I own so that I can buy something new. And sadly, I miss uh, the beauty of this transition period. And while I'm beseeching God to bring about something new and marvelous that I can praise him about. I'm missing the splendor and the wonder of what God would like to do in my life, the things he would like to teach me even right now in my life. And so that's 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 where I, I want I want us to get to this morning. You know, man always gets in a bind when we try to explain life through um, man's understanding. You know, philosophically, as I said in this class the other week, the professor was teaching and he was talking about religion and he was talking about one of the big philosophical arguments for God is that he's all-knowing, he's all-good, and he's all-powerful, and there's a lot of complexity around that argument. And yes, I believe that that's what God is, but when we force that thought of God being all good, all powerful, all knowing through the prism, prism, prism of human understanding, we create issues for ourselves. You know, arguments arise like, well, if God is good and he's all good and if he's all powerful, then why does he allow suffering? Why does he allow a virus that swoops through the earth and takes, uh, you know, a toll on those that are most vulnerable and those that are that are most sick? If he's all powerful and he's in control of everything, then why does he allow children to be born with handicaps or be born with physical deformities or be be born uh, with diseases that they never live a very long time. So you see, when we say trying to prove God or trying to explain God, when we make emphatic statements that this is what God is, this is how he thinks, this is what it's all about, we get ourselves into a bind. We get ourselves into a real a real fix, though it, though it were. You know, I, 
I come, I used to laugh and say that I was an arrogant person from an arrogant family, from an arrogant church, uh, in an arrogant denomination because we felt like we had God all figured out. I was laughing today as I was contemplating this thought and contemplating this word that I was going to bring to you today. One time my son asked his mother, uh, is there anything you know that I don't know? And he was just, I don't know if he was 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, that's the arrogance with which we live our lives many times of I got everything figured out. And I used to feel that way about life. I used to feel that way about my path. I used to feel that way about God. Uh, and then life happens. Um, the misunderstanding happens. We have sin in our lives or we have doubt in our lives or there's sickness in our life or, uh, a virus comes on the scene and life as we know it kind of is put on hold for a while and fear and panic can begin to grip our lives. And we, what begins to happen is we begin to question core things that have kept us and kept us sound and kept us stable as these things come under question. But I want you to know that though, you know, it's a great argument to say that God is all good, all powerful, that he is all knowing. And certainly that is my interpretation and understanding of God. But when I put that and I reason that through my humanity, it opens me up for a lot of these arguments that we talked about just a moment ago. But what I want to encourage you today to see is that just because there are contradictions in our arguments for the existence, the nature of God or life or faith just because there are these contradictions, it does not discredit the existence and the justice and the power and the goodness of God. It only shows that there is a contradiction in our understanding and in our explanation of God and life. One of the big questions that has always been debated by philosophers and people, theologians, is why do good people suffer and why does bad things happen to good people? And and I want you to know what we must come to do is we must come to be at peace with the mystery of life and the mystery of God and understand that every moment that we are given is so precious and every moment that is granted to us is a gift from beyond ourselves. And even if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't buy the whole Christianity and I don't buy the whole uh, God thing, but we must come to even an intellectual understanding that the breath in my body and the health in my body and the life that has been given to me is a gift to me from somewhere outside of myself because no man holds in his hand the power of life and death. 
Um, and I know we can take life from people through, through, through murder and things like that. But what I'm talking about is, is that the gift of life within itself, the essence of life comes from without, from outside of us. And it really is this amazing thing. And I want us to become, I want to become content with the search. I want to become content with the journey. And even though I don't understand why things happen like they do sometimes, I want to be reminded that God conceals things, but it's my glory and my honor to be able to search them out. Even though I may never find the answers, I can keep searching. And in that search, I can keep living and I can keep looking for better ways to interact with people and better ways to live my life and better ways to represent folks. And even when I fail, I can get back up again, knowing that God is this gracious uh, creator who's given us life and gives us chance after chance and time after time. And I must resolve myself to not be so arrogant to think that I have it all figured out. The writer, I believe it was Paul in Romans, says, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Or who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? Who has given him so much that he needs to pay him back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. I want you to know, my friend, that even my doubts and not the times that I have questions, they are a gift from God because everything comes from him. Even the times that I have answers or I feel like I have understanding, that's a gift from God. But I can't be so obsessed with trying to be able to explain everything that I settle for lies and I find myself in these quandaries of, well, if this is all life is, then I don't want to move forward. And that's where a lot of people find themselves but we must become content with the fact that there are some answers to questions I will never know. There are some mysteries that I will never understand. But one thing that I can know is, is that my life is a gift from God and that I can live that in faith, knowing that God cares for me and that God is on my side and not against me. There are several books in the Bible that are extremely interesting to me, and one of them is the book of Job, because the book of Job describes a man that was wealthy, one of the wealthiest men alive. He had children, he had houses, he had livestock, he had so many things, and through a series of unfortunate events or a series of events, let's say it like that, I would describe it as unfortunate, but the reality is it was just, that's my human human way of trying to understand what Job went through, but the reality is, is that Job went through a series of events that saw everything taken from him. 
except his wife and his life. His health was taken. His children was taken. His possessions were taken. Everything was taken from him except the breath in his body and, and his wife. You know, Job had some friends, and the book of Job, I think, is one of the one of the greatest philosophical books that ever was, and it basically shows uh, shows us how to think about things and shows us how to reason things. That in in the end, it actually shows us that you know we can think all day long and think that we've got things figured out, but in the end, uh, life still remains a mystery that we don't understand. But I want you to I want you to I want you to, to to be be amazed at and 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 look at and and somehow I hope I can cause you to be intrigued with what happens with Job and and his friends. Job's friends come along and in an I guess to start with an attempt to encourage him, they begin to talk to him and they begin to hear him out. And Job begins to say, I don't understand why I'm going through this. There's no sin in my life. I don't know what's going on. And he makes some pretty incredible statements throughout this discussion where he declares, Hey, you know, I don't know where God is, but God knows where I am. And I came into the world naked and I'm going out naked. And, but blessed be the name of the Lord. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting, amazing things. But as we get into the heart of Job, we see this picture of Job. And I believe it's three of his friends that enter into this dialogue with Job defending himself trying to justify himself, and then the friends begin to get angry at Job and say, well, you're not really as good a person as you think you are, and you're not as perfect as you think you are, and God's greater than you are, and and they go back and forth with this uh, well, let me tell you why you're suffering. And, you know, eventually they're like, yeah, you got a lot of bad stuff going on in your life. That's why you're where you're at. And Job's like, no, I don't. I can't even find God. And another friend, it's a very intriguing. I think it's 30, chapter 34, 32, 34, 11. It's like God speaks in dreams and he speaks throughout the day. He's trying to talk to you, Job, but you're so hard-headed you won't listen. But eventually Job begins to make his case before God and say, you know, what's going on? I'm an upright man and I haven't sinned and I've kept all, you know, I've I've done what I thought was right, but eventually God answers Job and begins saying, Job, you think you know everything. Job, you think you've got everything figured out. So where were you when where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I stretched forth the the stars and the moons? Where were you when I formed the constellations uh, that put the bear up in the sky? And it's 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 a, it's a beautiful book. It's a, a philosophical book about suffering and an answer from God. But the the end of it really begins to it God is exalted in his greatness and in his mystery. And Job is confronted with the reality of 
his boasting is arrogant. His trying to defend himself is arrogant. So is the arrogance of his friends trying to point fingers at one another. And we see that so much in the world today. We all have to come up with some reason why, and we all want to put somebody down or build somebody up, when the reality is we all are just put in this life. Sometimes the Lord gives and sometimes he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. It's sad that Job really didn't believe that, but Job declared it, his friends declared it, but really didn't believe it because they were looking for this reason as to why they were when what they should have been doing was being content with the fact that they still had life in their body and they still had friendship and they still had one another and they still had this thing called life. But God confronts Job. Job is confronted philosophically and you're like, well, I don't believe God really talked to Job. That's neither here nor there. I believe it happened. I believe this took place, but that's not even the situation. There is a philosophical argument for God that's put forth that I believe transcends any religion, transcends belief in God or not, and says, hey, what? Hey, there are things about this universe. There are things about this world. There are things about life that you will never understand. Just be happy that you are living and be contented that you are blessed to be able to draw your breath. Job 42 is a recording of Job coming back and responding to God after God has confronted him. And the message records it like this. I'm convinced. You, talking about God, Job to God, you could do anything and everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. You ask, who is this muddying the water, ignorantly confusing the issue, second-guessing my purposes? I admit it, I was the one. I babbled on about things far beyond me, made small talk about wonders way above my head. You told me, listen, And let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions. You give the answers. I admit I once lived by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Job said. I'll never do that again. I promise I'll never again live on crust of heresy or crumbs of rumor. My friend, when we realize the mystery of life and that it is the glory of God to give us life. Whatever your view of God is, mine is that he is the creator and that he is, to the best of my understanding, all good and all knowing and all powerful. But my friend, I want I want you to see and I want you to come to the realization is that we may never be able, and we I will declare we will never be able to explain everything away. We will never be able in our human reasoning 
to grasp why we have so much abundance at one time and we have nothing at another time. Oh, we can point to reasons, but it's like, why? How did this happen? How was I healthy yesterday and now I'm sick today? How is it that my family was intact here and, and now uh, something has happened to my children? Or why? how is it that I had all of this possession and now I don't? You will never be able to explain all of that. But the reality is be content with the search of, God, I want to do something different or something better tomorrow. Uh, I want to learn the mistakes, and I want to, I want to be able to, to do something different, make better decisions tomorrow. But even more importantly than that, come to value life in a way that you never have before that says, God, I believe you exist. I believe that you're there. You're beyond anything I can comprehend. And I'm sorry for being so arrogant and feeling like that I had everything figured out until I've hit this wall and it doesn't fit. My, my, my answer, my understanding doesn't fit my circumstances. I, there's a predominant doctrine, in, and I want to bring this to a close in just a moment, but there's a predominant doctrine that sweeps through Christianity is kind of in there, and it kind of has swept through from time to time that, oh, if there's sickness in your life, there must be sin. If you, if you really believe God and you're pleasing God, there's never going to be any difficulty, and there's never going to be any trauma in your life, and that's the way, that's some people's understanding of God and uh, living for God, and I want you to know, my friend, that sounds really good until there's a problem in your life until there's a sickness that comes your way. And guess what? Unless we are taken out of here or something happens that we are not aware of right now, we all are going to face a decline in our health and a decline in our mental capacity and eventually a decline in our very life to the point that death takes us. And so it's better that we be grateful. It's better that we be thankful. It's better that we be humble instead of arrogantly walking through life saying, I'm where I am because I am better than you are, or I live more pleasing to God than you do. And it's better to be gracious and say, I am what I am because of the grace of God and it's by the grace of God that I'm able to live and I'm able, able to have what I have because I want you to know it's just arrogance when we sit around and we try to defend ourselves. We try to condemn others or others try to condemn us because when God steps up, he says, where were you at? Where were you at when I created life? Where were you at when I stretched out the heavens, can you, can you cause the the rain to come? Can you, can 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 you tame uh, these wild beasts and these wild creatures? Who are you to be so arrogant to think that you've got all the answers? Be content with the search, my friend. Be content to live the life. Ecclesiastes seven thirteen through fourteen from the message says. Take a good look at God's work who could simplify and reduce creation's curves and angles to a plain straight line. On a good day, enjoy yourself. On a bad day, examine your conscience. God arranges for both kinds of days 
so that we won't take anything for granted. Let's learn to live our life in the reverence of God and in reverence of life itself because that truly is God. He is life, and he's the one that has breathed life into our hearts and into our lives. Whatever you may be facing today, whatever you may be struggling with, whatever you may be trying to understand, go ahead, search and seek it out. Just be careful when you think you have all the answers and it causes you to be lifted up in defense of yourself and not lift God up and lift the mystery of life up and lift the glory of God up. I want you to know, my friend, be careful because things have a way of working around. You know, there's a verse of scripture, and by working around, I'm talking about you may be on top today, but you may not be tomorrow. So learn to be grateful for both positions, knowing that God lets it all come so that we will be in awe of him and in awe of life. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 2 says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. And I'm not just talking about the church. The house of God, to me, there is just talking about this life that he's put us in. Go near to listen. Go to search. Go to go to understand. But rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, go near to listen rather than to just run your mouth. The Bible says offer that sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Don't be quick with your mouth. Don't be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God because God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. I have arrived at an explanation of God and life that allows for his sovereignty. I'm okay with not understanding everything. I'm okay with knowing that even what I believe I understand may be wrong. I want you to know that I believe that life is this amazing, mysterious thing, and I don't have to try to justify my life and my actions to the satisfaction of human reasoning and understanding. I can simply trust in the Lord with all of my heart Lean not to my own understanding, but acknowledge him in all my ways. And he has said he would direct my path. I want you to know today, my friend, there is a peace that surpasses understanding. I don't know why good things happen to bad people. And and I don't know why bad things happen to good people. And I don't know why uh, God... Are certain things happen in this world, but I do believe there is a God, and I do believe that he cares about me, and it's this godliness, this godly thinking, this thinking about God, making room for God in your mind that allows me to have a contentment that the Bible says is great gain, and the word says, if you will Just let your request be made known to God. He will give you a peace that surpasses understanding. 
Job's story didn't end with him with nothing. But when Job got his mind right and understood that I can't explain it, I don't have to explain it, I can't defend it, I don't even have to defend it. And when he forgave his friends and prayed for them, the Bible says that they begin to give to him. Wow, that's powerful. And the Lord began to restore him. Become content with the journey. Become content with the fact that you've been given life. Be grateful to God. Be thankful to God. And allow him to continue your journey. And be thrilled with the journey. Be thrilled with the search. And don't fool yourself into thinking, I've got to figure everything out. I've got to make it to a certain destination. You're in it. You're in life. You're in what God has given to you and graced you with. Thank you for listening. I got a little long-winded. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, and and uh, I'm, I'm going to try to begin to do more of these and, and deliver more thoughts that hopefully will be inspiring. If you are someone that attends the gathering and uh, you normally support this ministry, you're welcome to go to davidkpang.com, and there you can find a link to be able to set up something to give, or you can find instructions about how to give through the mail. God bless you. Thank you for being supportive of this ministry. And I pray that you and your family remain safe in Jesus' name.